Good morning, good afternoon, and good evening, however you are joining us in whatever part of day. Thank you so much for being here. I am Dr. Liz Garza-Garcia, and I am the current president of the Bilingual ESL Education Association of the Metroplex, and I am proud to be here hosting one of our podcasts for the BEAM Association, where we are really here just to share with you all the great things about being a part of this network. Today on our podcast, I have two wonderful lifelong BEAM members. Um, I have here Dr. Annette torres Elias from Texas Women's University, and I also have Dr. Ulvadina Dina Dini um, Janicek, retired professor, um, but also at the University of North Texas at Dallas. So thank you, ladies, so much for being here. I really, really appreciate it. I wanted to bring you ladies on here really because um, I'm really focusing on what benefits and what are some of the great things that are part of BEAM and who better to, to share with our audience what are great things but lifelong members. So thank you, ladies, so much for being here. And I just really want to jump right on in. Are you are you ladies ready? Ready. Yes, awesome. So then let's go ahead and start with Dr. Janicek. Dr. Janicek, can you tell us how you came to hear about BEAM? I think it was quite by accident. Um, I, I knew that when I was teaching and I started teaching in uh, bilingual 1989, there was a, an association and I was intrigued. Uh, it wasn't BEAM, uh, but I was intrigued to discover that there was a, an association of bilingual educators because Lord knows back in those days, we, we needed the support. So I got invited to one of the symposiums and, um, I was, I was delighted, uh, to know that there was an organization that would provide, uh, top notch, uh, professional development, uh, for teachers such as myself. I don't remember the year, uh, it, it escapes me, but, um, I've been intrigued ever since and I've watched an incredible development over the years uh, and just don't want to let it go, even though I'm retired. Awesome. I love it. Dr. Torres Elias, what about you? How did you come to hear about BEAM? I heard about BEAM as a um, graduate student at Texas Women's University. I um, was uh, an alternative certification bilingual teacher. I, I came to teaching as a second career and went through the alternative certification program with Region 10. And um, I took uh, some courses with Texas A&M Commerce uh, back then and also was taking some courses at Texas Women's University. And it was through the university, probably both Texas A&M Commerce and uh, Texas Women's University that I heard about the wonderful work of BEAM that was in the, I want to say, mid-90s, oh, wow. or 95, something like that. So a long, long time ago. Okay. okay. I love it. And so I guess you you both shared, you know, um, uh, that you've basically invested um, your membership to be a part of BEAM at least 20 years ago, a, a, a little over 20 years ago, right? I'm with you guys. I, I started as a young student and, and have evolved um, into my professional experience. So it has been amazing. So again, I'm so glad I was able to capture um, you two. I know you both are very busy. Um, so I wanted to make sure that who we pick for this podcast, you know, could specifically help us to, to really tell about, you know, the great things that are happening. So um, you became a member. Why do you choose to stay? 
stay a member of BEAM after all these years. Um, Dr. Doris Elias, would you like to start us off? Why do you choose to stay a member? Absolutely. Um, BEAM has been an important part of my professional career. Um, I became a member looking for support, networking, professional development, and advocacy. And those are precisely the reasons why I am still a member of BEAM. Um, back in, in, you know, we're talking early 90s here. Um, I started working for a school district that had a brand new bilingual education program. We had three bilingual teachers and I was one of them, an alternative certification teacher. Um, so, um, I had a lot of questions and, and, and really we didn't have any answers at the district level. Not many answers, I should say. Um, a lot of, of, of will to do good for kids, but not enough hours. So, Searching for answers, I came to Beam and I found answers and, and so much more. That's amazing. Dr. Janicek, why do you still continue to be a part of Beam? Well, one of the things that intrigues me the most about Beam is that it's a pre-K 16 plus partnership, which I encountered that term when I was an administrator at one of the uh, area community colleges. And I think that makes so much sense to uh, link the pre-K-12 uh, education system with higher education. Uh, it's all one seamless process, and I much admire that about being, uh, and I've been at every level with being a teacher and an administrator and then a college professor, uh, and have been able to see the, see the beauty of uh, having those connections. Uh, also, when I go to BEAM meetings, it it, it makes me feel like I have really uh, devoted myself to a worthy venture, uh, a worthy career. Uh, it gives me um, validation uh, uh, in terms of my life's work. And I want to keep contributing any way I can, whether that be uh, through research or uh, accumulated wisdom or some sort of support, because I totally believe in the mission of being to collaborate, uh, educate, and um, uh, advocate for our English learners. Thank you, Dr. Janacek, and thank you for bringing in um, our mission, which, as Dr. Janacek just mentioned, it is to educate, collaborate, and advocate. And that's exactly what BEAM sets out to do every single year, every time we meet in anything that we do. Um, so thank you, Dr. Janacek, for bringing that in. So, ladies, you've, you've been a member, you know, um, for... Uh, dedicated amount of time to the organization. You're considered lifelong members. Um, so tell me, in your time that you've been with BEAM, how have you seen it change or evolve? How have you seen BEAM change or evolve um, during your time with BEAM? I think that um, the, the advocacy part has grown. And um, I think that the, the vision has gotten clearer. Um, in terms of, of advocacy, the professional development piece has always been there. The networking and the support, um, the, the collaborate and the educate part has always been there and, um, and it's strong. But I have seen the advocacy part grow over the years. And if I may give you an example of that, I, I can't remember around, um, early 2000s, um, 
as part of um, another organization also enable effective network of the advancement for bilingual education from SMU. You'll remember, Liz, you were a part of that together uh, with BEAM, where the first organization to support um, a consultant to work with advocacy. And I remember BEAM as an affiliate going to Tabe and promoting the need to have someone um, at the um, legislative floor advocating and educating and informing and collaborating to promote bilingual education in Texas. So that's that's one specific example that's clear in my mind. Awesome. Amazing. Dr. Janacek, how have you seen BEAM evolve or change since um, you've began your membership? Well, one of the things I think BEAM offers is an opportunity for the participants, for the members, to sharpen their leadership skills. And I've seen generations of new leaders, uh, administrators, uh, teachers, uh, go through the organization uh, or come and stay like me. And I'm, I'm just very impressed with uh, the talents they bring to the table, the, uh, the new information, uh, the, the freshness, uh, and the ability to collaborate with us older folks uh, to, to build on the knowledge, uh, the expertise, and to feed the, our, our whole community, the, the 40 districts, uh, that are involved. And by the way, that's a, an enormous number. And that wasn't there in the beginning. It was mostly, uh, DFW, but, uh, the bilingual program has spread to, uh, all the surrounding districts and to accept those districts into our, uh, membership, I think speaks very, uh, loudly and highly of the of the support of the mission of beam to um to collaborate throughout our area to to get fresh ideas from each other uh and and I, I find it to be a very kind and supportive environment um uh and i i just love it i, I think i'll i'll be a member until i'm dead <laughs> Good to know. Good to know. Thank you, Dr. Janicek. And, and as she mentioned, um, that, you know, we have begun to spread out. We have always, in the past, I've always been the Dallas-Fort Worth area. So really reaching in regions 10 and 11. But since the pandemic, and we've offered a virtual symposium, and we've offered a hybrid symposium, and not only that, making our general meetings hybrid so that everyone can join, we have um, expanded even so that now we have members who reach in um, um, service region seven, eight, and nine. So it's been amazing to see how we have grown. And we are not just in the Dallas-Fort Worth area. We have members um, all the way reaching to Region 7. Not only that, because we will be in Denton, Texas this year, our symposium, we are so blessed that we've actually um, have gotten um, contact with our friends from across the Red River who want to be joining us this year because we're going to be so close to them. So we are super excited to welcome our friends who are coming from Oklahoma um, um, to be a part. And and to experience what we have to offer and be a part of this network. So we are extremely excited about that. So thank you, ladies. I, I really appreciate you um, bringing in that aspect and sharing how much we have grown. Um, ladies, so tell me, how has being a part of BEAM benefited you um, personally? How has being a part of BEAM um, benefited you? Uh, Dr. Janicek, would you like to start us off? Well, when I, when I first started teaching in uh, 1989, I, I felt isolated, uh, really. Uh, in those days, we had to translate our own material. Um, 
there weren't any books in Spanish. Um, I really had to limp along uh, and find ways to help my students. Um, but BEAM has uh, brought together, like I mentioned before, resources. Uh, and it, it just made me feel so supported that someone was out there advocating for me too, not just for the students, but the advocacy for the classroom teacher. Um, and I, th I think one of the ways we do that effectively is to reach out to the district bilingual directors and uh, some coordinators that can then uh, take ideas and uh, uh, advocacy uh, to their uh, their different campuses. So I feel validated and supported through Beam. That's beautiful. Thank you, Dr. Janicek, for sharing. Dr. Um, Torres Elias, tell me how has being a part of Beam benefited you? I can piggyback on that. Um, and then I'll share a couple of stories. As a, as a teacher, of course, I can relate. Um, to Dini's feelings of being isolated and needing and needing support. And really people wanted to help me, but they didn't have the answers. And Beam came through in a big way. Um, administrators from another uh, from other school districts. When I became an administrator um, as well, um, were very helpful. And I have to say leadership. Um, Beam um, helped me become a better leader, I think, and a better advocate through the support of other members, the guidance, the mentoring. I was very uh, blessed to have wonderful mentors through BEAM. I have to mention Liz Martin. I have to mention Pam Creed, Arnie Molina, um, and um, Ramirez. I forget his, his first name from Richardson ISD. Uh, I remember having to talk to a school board and uh, talk about the need for a bilingual coordinator, bilingual ESL coordinator position for a district and, and being coming through and supporting me and telling me this is how you do it. This is what you say. This is what you do. This is what that position would look like. And so um, with the help of, of BEAM, I was able to create a bilingual coordinator position for a district who didn't have and, and support the teachers at that time. So leadership. Absolutely, leadership and advocacy. Yes. Thank you so much for sharing that. That's that's exactly what our goal is. We we don't want any one individual, whether it be in the classroom, at the district level, um, at the university level, to feel as though they are isolated. They this is not um, a healthy um, growth opportunity for any one person to do everything um, all on their own. Being a part of BEAM opens up your network so that if you have a question and you can't find the answer, all it is is sending out a text. All it is is posting on our social media page, this is what I'm looking for. And you will probably get a plethora of responses from people. Not only that, hey, I sent you a message. I sent you a resource. And just as um, as it was as it was earlier stated um, with Dr. Janicek about resources, the great thing about being at the BEAM Symposium is we do bring in those wonderful vendors who help to produce those much needed resources that we need in the classroom. And the thing is, is that they are only coming because 
districts that are a part of our BEAM network utilize those resources. They can vouch for how great they are in the classroom. They can tell you how they've used it. They can tell you, uh, even on my directors, I love hearing the conversations. I used these funds to pay for this. I used this. So, so many of our new directors, our new coordinators who have that type of influence are able to basically not reinvent the wheel, but help to smooth it out. So thank you, ladies, so much for, for sharing that with us. I, I really, really appreciate that. All right. So this is usually one of the favorite parts. Okay. So ladies, I want you to think, I know you've attended plenty of BEAM symposiums. Um, and so I, I know this is probably a harder question than any of the others, but what has been your most memorable experience at a BEAM symposium? All right, so I'm gonna give you a little bit of wait time, like make sure, okay, I wanna say this. All right, so, all right, Dr. Torres Elias, you get to start us off. What has been your most memorable experience at a BEAM symposium? That one's easy. It was the first time that I facilitated the word of the BESO students, the Bilingual Educators Student Organization. Um, they are part of BEAM and they are, um, great facilitators during our conference, great collaborators um, as well, and having the opportunity to work with our students, to mentor our students was um, life-changing for me, I, I think. To see their energy and, and to help them grow um, is one of the most rewarding things I think one can do as a BEAM member is to help our BESO students grow as bilingual educators. I love that. Thank you. All right, Dr. Janicek, what has been your most memorable experience at a BEAM symposium? Uh, well, the BEAM symposiums mean everything to me. We really have had world-class uh, presenters at these symposiums, but um, one year we had um, Thomas and Collier. <laughs> uh, I think it was Lydia Morris who had uh, noticed that they D Dallas ISD had canceled them as presenters and she jumped on it. Lydia Morris was one of those that could pull rabbits out of a hat. She was an amazing organizer. Uh, and by the way, for those who don't know, she was with uh, University of, of Texas at Arlington, along with uh, Luis Rosado. Uh, those two were movers and shakers. And Lydia certainly could get the job done, uh, any job. But she managed to snag um, Thomas and Collier for one of our symposiums at the last minute. And there was a special, uh, breakout session for administrators and, uh, which I was at the time. So I sat on the front row like a fangirl. I was just awestruck with their presence there because I have so much respect, uh, for their research. Uh, anyway, I, I took advantage and asked questions directly, uh, and got my answers in up. I always brag about that. Well, I asked Thomas and Collier myself, and this is what they said. Uh, so that was very memorable for me. I do remember that we had um, other incredible speakers, and we still do. I mean, I I hang on the words of Stephen Krashen and Jim Cummins and all the greats that uh, uh, brought us, you know, brought our profession to light. Um, uh, Marzano was uh, a presenter one time, and his his team. Uh, and I really think that BEAM is getting a reputation among professionals uh, that, yes, we want to present at the at the BEAM Symposium. You know, I, I think we've got some clout um, uh, nationally, internationally, 
so I, <laughs> I'm uh, really excited to be a part of this. It's, it's a, such an honor. That's great. Thank you, Dr. Janicek. I, I love that story. And then you talk about being a fangirl. I, um, I can remember when we were able or Beam was able to organize Dr. Cummings to be our keynote speaker. And it was um, in Duncanville. And the day of the or I guess that Friday before the symposium, there was a horrible snowstorm or winter storm that came in because Texas weather has got to be Texas weather. And Dr. Cra Dr. Cummings could not, um, his fight was canceled and he was unable to make it. So it was the first time Beam had a keynote speaker presenting virtually. Um, and that was probably in 2016, I believe. <laughs> Like it could have been a little bit long. Yes. And I remember um, getting there to the Beam Conference, going through the registration line, putting my backpack down in the front row because I was going to see uh, Dr. Cummings only to find out that he wasn't going to be able to actually join us um, physically. He was going to join us virtually. I was like, wait, how does that work? How do we see him virtually? It's just, it's funny that now here we are in 2022 and you know, being in a meeting or keynoting virtually is just like, oh, okay, yeah, I can do that. No big deal, right? <laughs> um, so it was amazing to have Dr. Cummings. I remember being there and I have a picture of his um, of his face, like maybe six feet tall. <laughs> <laughs> he looked like the Wizard of Oz, right? So um, there was, and just as Dr. Janicek um, mentioned, yes, we are bringing only the best of the best um, when it comes to our keynote speakers. Um, this is so this year we're super excited um, to have um, Dr. Jana Chavaria to be with us as our opening keynote speaker, and we're super excited to have her. And we also have the amazing Dr. Edith E.T. Trevino joining us for our afternoon keynote, and cannot wait to hear the both of them um, help to motivate, help to give us, um, feed us uh, in, in our educational knowledge um, here at the next symposium. So if you have not bought your ticket to join us at the BEAM Symposium, please know we only have a limited number of in-person tickets. And so please go to our website at www.beamdfw.org backslash symposium to register for your in-person ticket. We'd love to see you there. Ladies, you gave us some great um, stuff to um, really help to bring more people. The one big thing about the organization is we are a hidden gem. And, and as the current president, that's one thing I was like, I don't want to hear that people are working or working at campuses or school districts feeling like they're alone. There is a network out there and you don't have to just be a part of the Dallas-Fort Worth area. We have realized through COVID that we can reach further. So, um, ladies, with that in mind, what advice would you give a brand new bilingual or ESL teacher? Thinking about that, what advice would you give them? And I, you are still in, you're still mentoring pre-service teachers. So I guess really, what would you say to one of your students as they're graduating and crossing that line? What advice would you give them? Dr. Janicek, would you like to start us off? I used to teach the introductory course, uh, among others, but that was my favorite because I got them fresh as students. And I would tell them, if you're not passionate about this, find something else to do uh, because you will work harder than you ever thought possible. Um, but the rewards, the, the, what the students give back to you is life sustaining. Um, and hang on that because 
troubles will, will come. Uh, in in uh, the 4,000 level courses, I would teach them how to speak principalese, how to, <laughs> how to manage um, the administration in their building, uh, because you have to do self-advocacy too. Uh, not all administrators are savvy on bilingual ESL, and I, I think you have to be that gentle, that gentle educator uh, to advocate for yourself and uh, for your students. So um, that's that's the advice that that I would give my my students. Then they come back and tell me it's exactly what you said it would be, and they thank me for preparing them for the the difficult journey ahead. <laughs> That's amazing. Thank you for introducing us to the new word, principalese. I like that. <laughs> We're going to have to make sure we incorporate that. I like that. Dr. Torres Elias, what advice would you give a brand new bilingual ESL teacher? This is, this is what I tell my students. Find a mentor. Be a mentor. Uh, find someone who can, who can support you. Um, as a first year teacher, you're not expected to know everything. Um, and, don't feel bad about asking for help. Teaching is, is, is a collaborative place. You want to have someone to help you and you want to be able to help someone else. So find a good mentor. Sometimes they're assigned to you. Sometimes you need to seek them out. Sometimes they're next door. Sometimes they're in a different school. But it's your job as a new teacher to go find a mentor, someone who's going to help and support you. And then you have to pay that back and be a good mentor to someone. And I'm sure I prob I'm sure I heard that in so many words when um, Dr. Torres Elias was my um, professor at SMU and um, really being able to give the opportunity and have the opportunity to be with so many other students, um, having uh, the experience I've been able to get at the University of North Texas in Dallas. It has just been rewarding to have these students and talk to them. And I my biggest advice to them every day, every time I have them is, when you leave, you're an advocate first and a teacher second. That's what you are. You are the only one who can speak for these students. You are the only one who always has your heart in the right place and wants to do what is good and what is right for them. And so I just, I love that I've had that opportunity to be able to grow um, as a teacher to be able to do that. And I can still call myself a teacher. My certification is still valid. So <laughs> I still continue collecting my professional development hours as um, BEAM provides them to me. The great thing about the organization is, as mentioned, we do have top-notch professional development that come from either our symposium, our general meetings. We incorporate um, professional development. Um, so the great thing about that is we are CPE certified through TEA. And so if you are a member of BEAM, you get access to our professional development opportunities because guess what? You need to have that renewal for your teacher certificate. What better way to get it than through your specialization, which is is um, bilingual ESL education. So it's just a really great network to be a part of. Now, ladies, um, I thank you both for being here, being um, here um, on this podcast to help us um, in our first stages of launching. This is just an opportunity that me as the, as the current president, I, I just want to reach more people. Like I mentioned, I do not like hearing that people are still thinking they're alone. I felt that way um, when I got into the classroom and then had to remember, guess what? You're not. You have been. 
So any and everything I had, any question I had, I think I probably got on everybody's nerves, texting, calling, emailing. Uh, <laughs> and since I've gotten pretty savvy with virtual meetings, sending a virtual meeting every five seconds, um, but it has been an awarding, a rewarding experience to not only be a part of this organization, but I honestly grew up in this organization from starting as a bilingual um, pre-service teacher and being a student at Texas Women's University, going all the way through um, to now, finish, I've just finished my doctorate and now I am the current president of BEAM and it has been my honor and privilege to be in this position. So ladies, thank you so much for being here. For our audience out there in our virtual world, please know that we do, our symposium is happening on April 2nd, 2022 in Denton, Texas at the beautiful John H. Geyer High School. And we will be there that Saturday. Uh, we have a limited number of in-person tickets. So if you have not RSVP'd for your in-person ticket, we might run out. So please make sure if you want to join us, you are there in person. If you'd like to join us virtually, we will have the hybrid option that you are welcome to. Please visit our website, www.beamdfw.org, and you will find all the information about our organization as well as information on our upcoming symposium. We cannot wait to see all of you there. Thank you, ladies, for being here. I really appreciate it. And we will see you April 2nd at John H. Geyer High School. Have a wonderful day. Goodbye.